We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything. Lakers, rough night last night against the Clippers. We're all still hurting from that one. To help me break it down, we're going to talk all things Lakers here. So, Rash Markazi of the Arash Markazi Show, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Trevor. I appreciate it. So, rough night last <laughs> night against the Clippers. I know we weren't expecting that, but here we are now. The Lakers yeah. swept on the season by the Clippers, that, that certainly hurts. What does this mean for, for this budding rivalry between these two franchises moving forward? I mean, this this stings, I think, more than a typical loss would for the Lakers. It really does, you know, because when you look at how, you know, this was supposed to be a rivalry when, you know, Chris Paul went to the Clippers and it was Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and DeAndre and Lob City. But then that was obviously, you know, the end of Kobe's career and during a six-year stretch where, they weren't a very good team. So we've never really had, and the only year that both teams were kind of at the top of the conference was the pandemic year where let's just say that they did meet in the conference finals, which we didn't get that because the Clippers blew that three, one lead to the nuggets. In my view, it wouldn't have even mattered because it would have been in Florida. Like we want to get that, that hallway playoff series. And I would have never thought Trevor this year, where if you told me that Kawhi would be out for the entire season, Paul George would miss the majority of the season that the Clippers would be playing like this again, neither team is going to do like a whole lot. I I think, Mm -hmm. I I, I do think that they both get to, they, they're both a play in tournament team, but the Clippers, and I think even the die hard Laker fan out there would have to see that that team they enjoy playing together. They get their roles. And I do think that they, that they have a coach in place. No knock on Frank Vogel. I do think we always have to remember that he was the coach when that team won in in 2020. Mm-hmm. My view is Ty Lue never got the credit he deserved. He never got the credit he deserved when he was in Cleveland. When you look at the Clippers, what he's done with this team, that I just think that the Lakers would be in a better position with Ty Lue. So I know that's a long-winded way of just saying, at the very least, when you watch that game, when you and you watch the four times that these teams have played, the, Cl- the Clippers just have more fun. They, they, they accept the roles and, and there's no expectation. Whereas the Lakers, the most frustrating thing as someone who grew up in Los Angeles with the Showtime Lakers, 
the passion, and as you know this, mm-hmm. the Laker fans have, it is frustrating for them. So when they boo the product on the court, it's not that they're turning their back on this team. They're passionate about them, and they want to see that passion from the players on the court. And right now, and I hate to say it, they don't see it. No, you're 100% correct. I mean, when we watch the, the Clippers, and again, this is it, it's painful for Lakers fans to say something positive about the Clippers, yeah. but they play with heart. They play yeah. with passion. They play with fire every single night, and quite frankly, they were up 3-0 in the series on the season, and they approached last night's game as though that was the must-win for them, as though they were the team that was desperate to get the win. So that is very much credit to the Clippers and for them you know, showing up the way that they did. But for the Lakers, what, is, what does this mean? I mean, when we look at this season, there's plenty of different things to, to blame for what's happened. How do you look at it? What, what is at fault here? Because I get Lakers fans every night on our post-game shows that say, blame Russell Westbrook, blame Frank Vogel, blame the front office, blame this. A lot of people want to point to a singular thing. Where do you stand on that? Who, who shoulders the blame for this season? So it's not a singular person, of course, when it's this much of a train wreck and we just have to be blunt about it. I mean, this is what this season has been. There's a lot of blame to go around. I go back to the fact that it is so hard to put a championship team together. And when you look at what that 2019-2020 team went through, preseason controversy when they were abroad in China, the passing of Kobe, the pandemic, going to Florida for 100 days and winning a championship, that team was as close as they possibly could be. I mean, not only was that a championship team, the bond that they had built was so strong. And the need from whether it's LeBron or Rob Palenka or a combination of the two to take a sledgehammer to to that team will never make any sense to me. It was going to be hard for them to repeat. When you only have 70 days off, or I forgot the the amount of time... It was going to be hard for them to win. But you got to remember, last season when LeBron went down, they were like the number two seed, I think, in the conference. That, that team, for as much you know, grief as they got, was a good team when healthy. And then they blow, they blow it up, right? They, they, you know, they basically not trade, but I mean, they got, you know, you know the, the fact that Caruso is not a part of this team it will never make any sense to me. And then you trade, uh, you know, uh, Kuzma and KCP and um, Harrell. Um, so you basically got a championship team, and quite frankly, Trevor, the pieces just don't fit. And people kind of said that that could be a problem for this team. We've seen that play out. Mm-hmm. We've seen this team healthy. When they're healthy, they're about a 500 team. So, I mean, my biggest concern now is going forward. Next season, what do they have to do? Because here's the thing. With the Lakers, and I agree with what they did at the trade deadline, you do not want to start trading first-round picks in the future. If you're if you're not going to be a playoff team, you do not want to trade top 10 picks in the future. So no. you got to put this team together. So um, a lot of blame to go into what happened this season. I'm kind of more of a positive person. Okay, so how do we improve this? I think at the very least, Trevor, you cannot say run it back. Like that's the com- the concept for the Rams. We won a championship. Let's run this back. You can't run this back. There is no scenario where there will be a light switch, flip the switch. If we just stayed healthy, no. Find a way to make this work. I'm just hoping that they can have a divorce with Russell Westbrook that does not see them part with like two first round picks. Yeah, absolutely. And there's been a lot of Lakers. I, mean, I think Lakers fans would be extremely upset if they ran it back with, with this team because we were talking about this on our postgame show last night. This may be the most, I hate is a strong word, but the most disliked Lakers team 
potentially ever. I mean, fans are, are not happy with what they're seeing. And it goes back to the energy thing that you mentioned, but you also brought up Alex Caruso. And, and we need to talk about that because in terms of moving forward, we saw the organization this last off season make some decisions that were at least in part financially motivated in terms of not bringing back a player like Alex Caruso. In contrast, we saw the Clippers get an incredible deal fall in their laps for Norman Powell and Robert Covington at the trade deadline. It just required that Steve Ballmer pay a little bit of extra money. And he said, sure, no problem. Wrote the check. And they landed these very good players. Now, Powell's obviously hurt right now, but guys that are going to help them moving forward. So what are we expecting from the front office from here on out? And does the fact that they didn't pay up to keep Alex Caruso concern you about their ability to rebuild this thing? The Caruso thing is my biggest concern when I just look at, you know, what could potentially happen in the future? Because mm -hmm. when you look at Caruso, it was one of two things. A, you got to value what he means. There are glue guys with championship teams. You cannot quantify what Caruso meant by, by sheer points or stats, right? Yep. The number two thing is just resign him on the sheer value of what he means to your team and what you could flip him for. That is a player on a good contract. So come trade deadline, like my view is you, you bring a player like that and you keep a player like that. But like even if you want to trade him, there will be a line out the door. And by the way, so that's a guy. Okay, so maybe the Westbrook experiment did not work out. You can tie him to Caruso as much as that would hate to lose him, and you can get that trade done. Now you got to do, you know, THT, multiple first-round picks. Like, so it never made any sense. And so while I, I don't – like, that front office is not as bad as I think people want to make it out to be, but that Caruso thing just from a multiple standpoint made no sense to me. We've heard a lot about Frank Vogel is probably done this season. Yeah. I, mean, I can't imagine. They only gave him a one-year contract yeah. extension. That's not much of a vote of confidence from a front office to give to a coach. I, I would, I'm assuming you're in agreement that we probably don't see Frank Vogel at the helm next season, right? Exactly. And by okay. the way, it has nothing – I mean, like, I, I like Frank Vogel. Mm -hmm. I, I do think we do have to get Ron and Vogel and I mean, like, do not forget about 2020. I'm not of the mindset that, that that's a tainted championship. If anything, that team no. that year was the number one seed in the West. They had they had proven themselves during the duration of the season. They were the best team in the conference. Last weekend of that season, they beat Milwaukee. They beat the Clippers. Mm -hmm. They would much rather have had a postseason where they played their games here rather than go to Florida for like a hundred days. So like I'm they not lost home court. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. They didn't have home court. So yep. my thing is I will never taint that championship. So while I give Frank Vogel credit for that, he has lost this team. It's not his fault that they are here, but when you talk about a coach who prides himself on being a defensive coach, they're not playing defense. Did they, they, but the problem is, there's no one on the staff right now that I think could kind of like hop in there and it's like, okay, like we're going to flip this switch and we're going to be a good defensive team. So there's no way he's back next season. I wouldn't be shocked Trevor, at some point that, that they make like a move just as a Hail Mary to see like, let's see what Phil Handy can do. Mm -hmm. Let's see what someone can do in this role because at the very least, and I think Vogel would be the first one to say, Hey, listen, I, I got to wash my hands of this. Like th this is not a good marriage right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I've been on that train as well. Of Look, if, if Frank Vogel, if you're going to let Frank Vogel go a few months from now in the in summer, why not find out yeah. what Phil Handy has? So there, there's going to be other veteran coaches that they're going to look at, I think, but those are more known quantities. Phil Handy, you don't know what he yeah. is as a head coach. So why not get something out of the remaining, what, 20 games that we have left? And I know Lakers fans right now are probably rolling their eyes. Oh my gosh, we have 20 <laughs> games of this left. It's certainly been tough, but but uh, you could give Phil Handy a shot and at least find something out there. But assuming, you know, Frank Vogel's on the way out, there were some rumblings recently about perhaps Rob Palenka. Could he be on the hot seat as well? Organizationally, from the, the front office perspective, it, do you see change coming there this offseason as well as a result of what's happened this season? There could be. I mean, I do think Rob Palenka will come back. But, you know, like Rob's a very talented guy. I mean, he could want to do his own thing. He could say, listen, I, I tried the GM thing. I won a championship. Things are getting a little toxic right now. And, and that could happen. You know, if he believes that he doesn't have the power that he did, if there is a power struggle in place, that if, uh, you know, Maverick Carter, Rich Paul, LeBron, yeah. like they want to wield the, their influence to whatever degree, Rob Polink, I think, is talented enough where he could go back to what he was doing before and say, hey, listen, this was a fun run. I'm going to go back and, and, and or take a year off or something like that. So I do think if you were to say, what's my best guess? I do think Rob Polinka is back next year. But I also think there is a scenario where they have a conversation where, again, Rob won't get fired. I mean, people have to realize the connection that he has with Jeannie and Linda and that family is extremely deep. It was, ex it was deep before the passing of Kobe. I think it is extremely deep now where it's yeah. like there would be a conversation to have. It's like, Rob, do you agree this is not working out right now? Yeah, I agree. You know, he would leave on his own accord, do his own thing. But um, – that is not where we're at right now, but Trevor, it could be that case 20 games from now where Rob's like, you know, like, listen, if this thing goes where it's going right now, and I hate to say this, but like, let, let's just say they miss out on the play in tournament completely oh, and they just yeah. are totally out of it. Maybe there's a situation where Rob is like, listen, quite frankly, like I, I, this is not what I want in my life. Magic Johnson got to that point, by the way. I mean, that's not what Magic wanted to do. Magic did not want to resign in the hallway at Staples Center during the season. But I think things got to a point where he's like, I don't need this in my life right now. And I'm gone. Now, listen, but I, I don't agree with the way that he left, but he left because he was just fed up with it. He was done. So you've been, and yeah, I agree. That could wind up happening with, with Rob Palenka. We'll see which direction this goes. We've heard that maybe they bring in another like president to act just above Palenka. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what they ultimately do there. But 
you mentioned, you know, you've been around since the the Showtime days and all that, and I, and I have as well. My earliest memory is of watching, you know, Magic yeah. and Kareem and the Skyhook and all that kind of stuff. There's been some concern from with it, from Lakers fans. I've been hearing a lot of this lately that whatever the Lakers do, they, whether you're replacing a head coach, whether you're adding someone into the front office into an additional role, whether you're replacing Rob Palenka, that the Lakers organizationally tend to just stay within the Lakers family tree and don't cast as wide of a net. What's your perspective on that and the Lakers tendency to just kind of stick with people that they already know when they're looking to bring in new hires? Yeah, you know, I mean, they've done that historically when they've not done that, they've actually had success. You go to Phil Jackson. Now, mm-hmm. Phil Jackson, you fast forwarded a few years, him and the relationship he had with Jeannie, he was definitely a part of the family at that point. But when he got hired, not a part of the family at all, like was with Chicago, obviously. So I would like them to, to do that. Again, the front office of the team will be a very family-like operation. And you can knock that, quite mm-hmm. frankly, that's the front office that they won a championship with. So sometimes it works, sometimes it does not. But I would like them to leave that comfort zone to find the next head coach of this team. I, I don't want them to just bring back a, a former player, Byron Scott, Luke Walton, something like that. It, it, it gets a little bit too comfortable. And sometimes you bring in a coach who's not the best qualified for the job. That would not have been the case with Ty Lue. That's why there's thought there was right. so such a perfect hire there. And they lowballed him and they said, we're going to pick your coaches for your coaching staff. And Ty Lue was like, like, I want a championship. I want a championship as a player with you guys. And I want a championship. And I, you know, you're going to give LeBron credit, but give Ty Lue some credit too. So um, hopefully, Trevor, they, they leave the comfort zone to find the next coach of this team. They did that with Frank Vogel, but they really only did that with Frank Vogel because Vogel was in a position where he's like, yeah, you can hire the coaches on my coaching staff, which is so rare to do. But Vogel was fine with that. It worked out. It may not work out in the future. They may have to just go out and spend big bucks on a big-time coach. Yeah, Vogel was initially going to be an assistant That's for, right. for Ty Lue, and then Ty Lue dropped out, and they went, oh, okay, well, okay, well, Frank Vogel, then then you're going to be the head coach. Obviously, it worked out in 2020. But, uh, Arash, before we, before we call it a day here, I do want to mention there was a rumor recently that was floated by Bill Simmons about – LeBron potentially getting involved in owning an expansion team. Now we're assuming this is after his playing days are, are coming to an end. He rides off into the sunset and that team perhaps landing in Las Vegas. It does feel like financially from the owner's perspective, expansion makes some sense. What's your thoughts? I know you've got plenty of ties there on Las Vegas as a landing spot for an NBA franchise. I think it would be fantastic. I am shocked. I mean, as someone who's covered the sports scene within Vegas and that growth, that the, the NBA may actually be the last professional sports league to mm-hmm. go there. Again, they have the NFL, hockey, WNBA, things like that. Um, this is a little bit like David Beckham. When he retired, he was always going to get a franchise or at least a piece of a team because when yeah. you go into a new market, especially one like Vegas, you want to have a big name. And whether it's the coach or the GM or the executive, and there's not a bigger name than LeBron James. So if LeBron James has a piece of that team or or is the head of that team, it's going to be huge for them. LeBron needs that. And so again, like that would be his team where he can recruit guys and, and, and do what he's done so well during his career. And again, we have to give him credit for Again, he's one in Cleveland, one in Miami. And while the Lakers are struggling now, they did win here. So um, 
I think it's a win-win. Uh, T-Mobile Arena was built for both teams, so they, they were built for mm-hmm. hockey, but the NBA too. So, and I just think it would, it would be great to have a team in Seattle, of course, uh, the Seattle Sonics, have a yeah. team in Vegas. And then uh, at that point, one team in the West would move to the other conference out east, whether that's New Orleans, Minnesota, someone like that. But I think it would be fantastic. But let, like you mentioned, it would be post-career I think he still plays a few more years, plays with his son, and mm-hmm. uh, then he becomes an executive with the Las Vegas youth. Figure out the name, I guess. <laughs> whatever, whatever the name, whatever, whatever the, the name yeah, would whatever, wind up yeah. being. And it would be, I mean, geographically, would, he could he could still live in LA and, and oh, yeah. be involved in Las Vegas, and um, that would be that would be something that could work out for him. And I just look at, I mean, the the NBA summer league has gotten bigger and bigger and oh, bigger yeah. every year in, in Las Vegas. It makes a lot of sense for it to be there. I know there's been people saying, well, go back to Vancouver or go somewhere else. To me, Seattle and Vegas seem like if you're going to add a couple of expansion yeah. teams, I think those would be the two landing spots. Exactly. I mean, it just when you talk about the basketball history of Vegas, I mean, that's why it's always made sense. And the history of the Lakers in Las Vegas, again, I mean, mm-hmm. I've talked to people there and they're like, you could bring a team here, but it is still a Lakers town. I mean, back in the day, they would play games there during the course of the season. Uh, they played a playoff game there, uh, like at one point. So Vegas is a Lakers town. That's why it'd be great to have LeBron there. Um, and, and again, you know, with, with the history, with college hoops there, it's the place to be for the tournament, by the way. I mean, I don't know if anyone's ever gone to Vegas for the tournament. It's always a fun place. So it is a basketball town, but you need the, 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 the big name, the big attraction and LeBron could be that. And here would be the crazy thing. It's kind of like what Jordan did. Maybe he heads up that team and, he, and then LeBron comes back out of retirement for like one more year just to sell tickets and jerseys. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oh no! Are you saying we're going to get a Washington Wizards version of of LeBron James in a in a Las Vegas jersey? We could. I mean, and the only reason I think that that makes sense because when Jordan came back, that made sense because he had to sell tickets sure. and jerseys and things like that. Now, here's the thing about LeBron. I mean, he's going to be 38 this year. Mm-hmm. At what point is he going to retire? So, I mean, is LeBron going to pull a time Tom Brady? Is he going to come out of retirement at like 42 or 40 something? Who knows? Mm-hmm. But again. Big name town, again, the, the big name Max in Vegas. I mean, if LeBron is the executive and then also comes out of retirement and, and becomes a player, that would be crazy. That would be fun. I, I'll admit, I had not even thought of, of that. <laughs> it didn't cross my mind because I thought, you know, he's already 37 and all that, but my goodness, that would be quite a story to write. That's that's yeah. for sure. My Man, LeBron James in Las Vegas. <laughs> All right. Well, Arash, thank you so much for coming on here and talking a little Lakers. It's been a tough season, but uh, but appreciate you taking the time to join us here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Guys, make sure you find Arash on the Arash Markazi show. Find him on social media at Arash Markazi. Lakers Nation, thank you guys for watching and listening. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, if you're over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, make sure you hit subscribe and don't forget to turn on those notifications as well and give us that review over on Apple Podcasts. We certainly appreciate that. Till next time, everybody, stay safe and see ya. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. 
The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com